Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer. Thanks for joining us. And on tonight's program, Julia Lee of Burn Invest and June Bay Lu of Tribeca Alpha Plus will look at the stocks that they like out of reporting season. And then I ask, when do tech and payment stocks rebound? Will it be soon or much later in the year? And then Paul Rickard looks at A2 Milk and Wes Farmers and we ask the question, are they on the way up? And so let's kick off with Julia Lee of Berman Invest and see what she likes right now. Thanks for joining us, Julia. Great to be here, Pete. Right, let's talk about reporting season so far. Um, what do you think of it in, in general? Has it been a good reporting season? Surprisingly, uh, the reports have been quite good. We've seen the Australian share market, one of the best performing throughout the world in February, and that's been supported by company fundamentals. I mean, any direction that you see, there's been some pretty positive stories coming through, whether it's uh, the banks or financials from a better pricing environment. We've seen Bendigo being a standout there, and also the insurers doing quite well, Insurance Australia Group, as well as Suncorp Netway. Or if you have a look at the retail space where we've seen a great result coming through from JB Hi-Fi, um, as well as looking at things like vicinity centres, which has really blown the lights out. And then I guess, you know, while we have seen some costs rising, especially when it does come to some of those materials and miners like BHP Billiton, Santos and Woodside, what we have seen is a very strong pricing environment coming through as well. So we've seen increasing profitability there. So look, I think this reporting season surprisingly has surprised on the upside. Julia, I, I wrote last year and I've been repeating it that I thought, well, we're so far behind America in terms of the gains since the coronavirus. And if you pick, if you compare it to where we were before the pandemic, I think America's market was up about 38%, we're up about 4%. And I figure that there's a good chance we might play catch up this year and maybe do a little bit better than Wall Street, uh, presuming that tech stocks don't come good in the back half of this year. But are you suspecting that we'll have a pretty good year on the ASX 200 index? So far for the Australian share market, it's looking good. And when you think about the composition of the Australian market, the two biggest areas of our market are basically the banks and yeah. the miners. And in a rising interest rate environment, you'd expect both of those areas to do well. The banks meet the rising interest rates mean a positive repricing of their books, even though they're going to risk. Uh, see some of their cheaper funding sources through government support um, be, being taken away. But we certainly saw some of that flow through also for the insurers. And while QBE Insurance are disappointed with its earnings, um, there's probably a degree of conservatism there. And what we are going to see is rising interest rates providing a stronger pricing environment or an investment environment for those financial stocks. So financials and banks looking good. And then on the other side, you know, when you've got worries around inflation uh, commodities tend to do quite well so iron ore has been doing quite well in february with the beijing winter olympics coming to an end you'd expect some restocking ha happening and one of the the key uh commodities that have been has been doing well is also aluminium so south 32 is looking quite interesting here as well yeah also julia there's a lot of um interest in uranium at the moment with I think France has actually um, put its hand up for a whole pile of uh, nuclear um, uh, biz businesses. 
Do you think over the next three or four years we might see uranium stocks do pretty well? Sure. I mean, uranium had been in a, a bit of a slump after Fukushima, and that mm. really dampened investment in terms of new uranium power plants, which is a key driver of price. And the thing to be watching here, Pete, is China, which has extremely ambitious plans in the area of using uranium for power generation. Mm. So watching China very carefully, given that it's such a big uh, use of power and, of course, of growth as well. So I think China's intentions um, in terms of new uranium plants is more than what they've accumulatively um, rolled out over the last decade. So China, I think, is a key area to watch. We know that Europe has been very progressive in getting to that zero carbon target, um, and especially areas like France as well. So mm. look, I think uranium well supported, but look, we are seeing that whole energy complex doing well, and that was topped off by a bid for AGL energy today coming yeah. through from Brookfield and Mike Cannon-Brooks. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I asked you to give us an idea of the companies that have impressed you that you think are still worth a buy. Uh, just give us a few names then. Sure, I really do think that commodities will continue to outperform this year. So whether it's iron ore in terms of BHP Billiton, or even if it's oil like Woodside Petroleum Old School, or whether you're going through to new school like Paladin in the uranium space, or uh, in the lithium space, I like Orchem at the moment. Um, but also the banking space, I think there's been a bit of life coming into that space. We like Commonwealth Bank and NAB, but also insurance. QBE was sold off on Friday, but we saw a strong bounce back today. And that rising interest rate environment will see its investment portfolio doing a lot better together with that increasing gross ridden premiums and also increasing margins as well. So I think that's a very positive story. The retail space also has more to run, especially if they're exposed to that home building area um, or houses, as we've seen come through from JB Hi-Fi and areas like Scali and Beacon Lighting. And Harvey Norman will be the real test this week. So watching that space as well. But on the flip side, we know that rising costs, labor shortages are a real problem if you don't have a rise in commodity prices to offset. And we saw that in the area of tech today with Altium shares being sold off quite heavily. So just being cautious around those workforces uh, which have a big, I guess, big people power mm. um, because those costs are rising in the area of labour and labour shortages are also biting into profitability. Julia, thanks for joining us. Talk to you next week. See you, Pete. Catching up with June Bay Lu of Tribeca Alpha Plus to see what stock she likes as a consequence of a reporting season. And we might talk about a few companies that have either done well or done poorly today on the market. Good to see you. Great to see you, Peter. Yeah. Let's focus on the ones you like after. But there are two that bring that bring to mind. You you were a big fan of A2 milk until it went off the boil, but you kept believing it. It's had a nice day today. Oh, absolutely. Actually, that result was a, probably one of the first results to really start showing green shoots. Yeah. Not only they beat expectations, that's the first time in probably two years. Mm. Um, they um, they also talked to, um, you know, pretty good prospects. Um, so they beat, in terms of the revenue, they beat consensus uh, analyst expectations by over uh, 8%. Um, and on the bottom line, it's beat expectations well into the double digits. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, they talk to increase investment uh, on brand in the um, in the next six months. But still, with that, you still expect analyst expectations upgrade uh, for the full year. Mm. Um, and also, there's a couple of really promising things inside the slide. They talk to uh, you know uh, the Chinese label doing qu- actually doing quite well in China, yeah. and not only they have penetrated the uh, top tier city, a lot of growth actually come from the second tier city, which means the brand is being um, you know well recognized mm. even into the second tier city, which means they're really well on track. To and really they're big cities, the second tier cities. Oh, they're huge. <laughs> yeah, these cities are well bigger than our Sydney or you know Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so there's a huge amount of population, and that is very very uh, promising for the brand recognition for A2, and they, so they should be investing mm. in the branding in the next six months. And um, even with that, you know the result is really positive. So that's very positive for the stock. Yeah. Um, still, again, you know really strong balance sheet, um, have great brands, you know strong M&A appeal. So yeah. investors really looking past. And it. I guess there is another leg up eventually when the Chinese tourist comes in. I, mm. I, I think they'll still keep loading up their suitcases with A2 milk, do you think so? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, well, uh, because uh, it's interesting with those sort of um, infant formulas and a few other Australian brands, it's led by the brand recognition. Mm. So when there's a lot of demand coming out of the second tier, first tier, second tier city in China, people want to buy this brand. Yeah. So, um, you know, previously because of border closure, people couldn't get our hands onto yeah. it. Um, so, you know, with the border opening today, mm. um, it certainly sends some positive um, news flow into that channel. Yeah. Uh, I think it would do very well. Okay, so that's one. Mm. Now, one you've liked, but it's had a, had a rough day in the market, is Tyro Payments. Oh, but, what, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but what, what are you seeing there? Uh, we, we know that the payment sector itself mm. is, is copying it, but was there, was there special news in Tyro that made the market really give it a, a real slugging to that? Yeah, look, it's really just uh, increasing expenses a little bit more than expected, but very small uh, in terms of miss of expectations. Mm. Um, so the revenue front, it looks good. Operating metrics looks good. Just on the margin, they have increased the expenses. Mm. Uh, and also at the same time, uh, there's a bit of a price erosion. So, you know, because the hotels and restaurants have yet to fully open, they couldn't put the prices increase through. Yeah. So eventually it will come through, but it just in this period, it looked a little weaker. Mm. Um, but look, I think you're very right. Majority of reason for it to be down is essentially investor sentiment. Mm. People are shying away from the payment space. You look mm. at Afterpay's down, Afterpay or the block. Mm. Uh, Squared share price down 8% on pretty much no new news. Mm. Uh, and overnight, uh, we saw the uh, similar sort of, um, you know, the gaming space, um, online gaming space was down. Uh, the DraftKing was talked to great revenue growth, but increased spend expenditure. Mm. Um, and that was down 20% overnight. And today we saw points bet down 10% uh, as in sympathy. So it's really just investor sentiment really shying away from not uh, not profitable businesses mm. um, just thinking oh you know where are they going to get future capital from look at this is an absolute overreaction mm. um, and the business itself hasn't really changed all that much in terms of operating metrics it's yeah. just the investor sentiment is very uh, capital protective at the moment yeah so for the courageous and who can wait time mm. is it in the buying is the buying opportunity then Look, it is buying opportunity, but I think you probably can, share price will take some time yeah. to uh, to recover. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you why, because um, investors sort of now sitting there thinking the entire tech sector has fallen. So which one do you buy? Yeah. So relatively, you start seeing, um, you know, a lot of value in some of the other ones, which actually are in that profitability territory. Yeah. Um, so I, the, what I'm saying is that there's probably mm. a bit time on your side. I, I wrote a piece today for the Switzer Report where mm. I said, 
uh, way back in October or so, mm. I picked up on the fact that the, the, the fund managers were starting to like energy miners mm. and financials. And, mm. and they've had a they've fantastic run. Well. And I, you know, I, I look like a really yeah. smart guy, but mm. I just picked it up and mm. I, I shared it with our, with our readers. Mm. And, I, and I, I looked at them today and I, I said, these are still probably reasonable plays mm. in the short term, but you're not going to make a real lot of money out of mm. them because the big gains have already been had. Absolutely. But if you want to make bigger returns and you're prepared to wait, mm. it's going to be stocks like Zero and Tyro, Tyro. And, and those sorts of companies. You have to wait. It might, it might be a year, it might be longer, but eventually there will be a re-rotation into those sectors. Is that a fair call? Absolutely. Yeah. I actually think we're not too far away from it. Zero's gone from 150 to 100 with no new news. Yeah. Um, you've got Seek, um, you know, it's a growth stock, but reported incredible result, incredible um, sort of earnings upgrade. RAA Everyone's would be another got, one, RAA, Domain, you know, yeah. all of these businesses actually now all looking cheaper than they were before pandemic now. Yeah. So, you know, they all had a big rally now. It's all gone to become very cheap because earnings growth is being substantial. I think the bond yield move, people talk about bond yield and, mm. you know, affecting valuation. That's pretty much done and then very soon when the interest rate do started to increase and people realize it's um, the expectation is so much uh, it's too severe compared yeah. to what they actually were willing to increase uh, and that point you realize um, many of those businesses like mining and others they're not going to grow no. um, they already done their revaluation and mm. they in, in a way old school uh, sort of old industries where um, they structurally they're not going to grow at all they yeah. will shrink over time yeah. whereas the actual uh, portfolio for you to future-proof them mm. is to have the likes of zero because in two years or three years or five years time mm. their earning will be much higher than what they are today yeah. so it's very important to pick it up now and i think it's getting very very close okay so that's for the patient investor mm. um all right so you've looked at reporting season was there a company that surprised you and you now like it, it like it for the first time or you like something even more after reporting season. Yeah, look, I think Treasury Wine does stand out a lot. Look, uh, you know, A2 is... But you've always one. liked Treasury Wine. Yeah, I always so liked Treasury Wine. Confirm <laughs> yeah, right. a confirmation. Confirmation, yeah. and I like it even more because um, when, uh, you know, investors, I must say a lot of investors or professional investors, uh, they have tunnel vision and they mm. have very short attention span. They look ahead six months. They can't yeah. look any further. Yeah. Um, so, six, you know, a few months ago, everyone's thinking, oh, this reporting season, there might be some weakness in reallocating wine. China may not be as good. So share price actually has fallen something like 20-30% heading yeah. into the results yeah. um, and the result came actually it was fantastic and then looking ahead um, and and then now the investors suddenly go okay next six months what the what, what sort of multiple is this company going to be on mm. and what sort of growth is it going to deliver it, it seems that the company will trade on 19 times earnings to grow at double digits mm. um, this is cheaper than you know, uh, not even Woolworth double, but what was trading on 27 times and delivering pro probably only mid-single digit sort of mm. growth. There's just an incredible amount of growth that's actually coming through. Um, and you have a very high confidence they will get there because, you know, pretty much we took out China and we've seen how they reshifted it. And the earning naturally will grow. And so, you know, it actually looks incredibly cheap for a growth company that has good balance sheet and that has a great brand. Actually, you know, similar sort of camp as uh, A2 now, but a little bit far ahead in mm. terms of coming out of it problems. Okay. Mm. Any other uh, company that's really you know, made you enthusiastic? Of course, yeah. So look, um, because of the valuation coming off, because share price coming off, and because of really strong result, things like Seek, mm. uh, we talked to before, yeah. uh, it's uh, now it's cheaper than what it was before. And a lot of earnings growth um, actually is more structural mm. because the way they change their pricing. And also there's this 
probably a bit of a structural change in our job market as well. Yeah. People are less willing to take on um, you know, longer term jobs and there's more churn in the job market and yeah. people just want to part-time roles and things like that. So mm. we're actually seeing a structural shift in terms of lift in volume. Mm. Um, and also because Seek has uh, realized it's, you know, market power, um, it's not a changing the way they can tear up the different um, different packages for the um, for the advertiser, mm. uh, which is similar to what REA does. You know, if you want a premium ad, you pay this and all of that. So help you to get a, uh, get a candidate. So, yeah. and that's working really, really well. So this company will see double digit growth for years to come. And it's probably one of, uh, probably at the, one of its cheapest time in mm. the last uh, last five years. Yeah, we interviewed the um, the CEO of uh, Domain, um, Jason Pellegrino, mm. um, the other day, and and he he made the point that you know um, they have, they handed back their JobKeeper and that mm. didn't help their their bottom line. Mm. But going forward, he's not going to have that kind of cost imposition. What do you think? I, I know you like REA, mm. and I know you often like to be invested in the the best in the industry, but it seems to me demand seems to be on the improve. What are you What are you seeing? Yeah, look, I think given the share price fall, which is completely unfounded, <laughs> share <laughs> price fallen significantly <laughs> on the back of a, what was a really good result. Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, it looks it's cheaper now than REA, and I think both company are in the buy territory yeah. um, because uh, look, the listings are strong. Um, these company can control their cost. Yeah. They're spending because the environment is so strong. They spend to grab share and to continue to grow and yeah. reinvest um, because return on investment is really high for those businesses um, but and both companies have demonstrated if the condition turns so say you know market becomes tough and housing market and suddenly everything dries up um, they just stop spending mm. it's not something that's inbuilt into the business so you know that I think it's it's way overblown um, it just got caught in that market shifting away from expensive growth companies mm. into the likes of the energy and everything else yeah. um, that will pass because that's just sentiment and that's very short term and I've also noticed that that can do just as well in um, falling prices because people desperately want to sell their properties and so mm. there's lots of ads as well. Mm. It seems to me it's unemployment is the one that can really mm. whack a, a real estate market but everything else they can do well on a rising market as well as a falling market. Absolutely. Mm. Um, if anything, uh, before the pandemic, the listing, a few years before pandemic, listing mm. struggled because the housing market was so hot mm. that uh, no one wants to sell. To sell. That's mm. right. So the turnover actually reduced. So they finally recovered then, of course, the pandemic and mm. now sort of, you know, they're cycling really weak comp and they're doing really, really well. So to me, the housing market is still going to be reasonable for the yep. next two, three years and that turnover is going to actually pick up for those guys and they make such a significant return for those listings. Um, you know, these businesses are definitely by. Great. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. That's June Bay Lu from Tribeca Alpha Plus. <music> well, it's time to catch up with Paul Ricard of the Switzer Report. And it's reporting season. Paul takes a close look at lots of the companies. And one in particular we're interested in is A2 Milk, which has had a really ordinary experience for about the last uh, two years. But... It's had a reasonable day, Paul. Yeah, it has had a quite a good day, Peter. I mean, I guess uh, for a company that was almost a $20 stock at one stage to be yeah. down at around about $5, um, it's bounced up today. We're uh, up quite strongly. Mm. Look, um, some good news I sense in the report in that there was a slightly more confident out outlook in terms of uh, what the second half could look like. Yep. I think the first half that they announced today was pretty much ex on expectation, but... Yeah, there was interestingly enough, interestingly enough in there, sort of in looking at the China market, 
Um, there was a bit of a market share gain in terms of their so-called um, Chinese language milk product. Yeah. Uh, not so much in the English language um, share. Uh, but the yes, things seem to be stabilising a little bit, so a slightly more upbeat forecast for the second half. It uh, looks like a lot of the pain is over. Not, not going to be a massive recovery, Peter, but um, look, probably we've seen most of the pain in that stock. I think that's what the market's celebrating. And I guess you'd have to think, well, look, you're not going to see Chinese tourists back in big numbers until probably 2023, even later. And that's when you, you probably will expect the old Daiju trade to, to kick in again as well. Yeah, I mean, look, maybe that starts today with a bit of some inbound tourism. But yeah. yeah, I mean, a little bit that should be positive. But the other thing going against uh, A2 milk has been that, you know, we've actually seen a decline in the birth rate mm. uh, in China, quite a considerable decline mm. um, over the COVID period, uh, despite the efforts of the government to boost the population. And so maybe that gets starts to get reversed as, uh, yeah. as the Chinese They're economy goes They're more than one child now. They are. They? So a lot of very supportive policies, but yeah. the birth rate's really been hit quite badly. And I guess, uh, you know, it's also impacted stocks like A2 Milk and the whole market mm. uh, for infant nutritional products. So maybe as, uh, as COVID unwinds in China, uh, a bit more confidence returns, we'll start to see a bit of an uptick in the birth rate. So that should be good news. So mm. I think most of the bad news is out in that stock, and I think that's what the market was mm. by and large celebrating today. Okay, what about uh, Wes Farmers, um, Paul? It's copped it uh, recently. What's going yeah, the on market's there? been pretty hard on West Farmers. Um, look, it was probably pretty much as an as expected report, Peter, but mm. um, it. It didn't have, you know, we've seen, you know, obviously challenges around both Coles and, uh, not Coles, sorry, Kmart and Target yeah. in, in that part and office work. So some of the more traditional, um, you know, retail stores, just the foot traffic being down in the, in the December half because of uh, Omicron. Uh, Bunnings, yeah, growth slowed. It still grew fractionally, mm. uh, but not at the sort of stellar rate. And uh, it was probably a, a result where the number came in as expected. Dividend was cut a little bit, but that's to be expected. Uh, and the markets just pulled back. So, I mean, West Farmers has done had a pretty good, strong track record and in by and large sort of doing a little bit better than the market expected. This one was sort of, you know, well... The market's uh, where it is. Mm. Uh, we can't do much about what's going on in uh, the foot traffic and some of the challenges in terms of supplies and mm. getting stuff into bunning stores. Uh, and the market was a little bit harder. Yeah. I think it's because it's a fairly expensive stock, Peter, and just mm. was probably due for a bit of a pullback. Yeah, and it did very well during the first lockdown, didn't it? Bunnings was. Yeah, I mean, look, West Farmers is, I think, a great portfolio stock. It's, it trades on a pretty high multiple. I wouldn't say disappointed, I would say just that it didn't. It didn't shoot the lights out, Pete, and um, you know, a stock that is sort of trading between 50 and 60 is pulled back now towards more 50 rather than uh, going towards 60. Yeah. So I think it's probably reasonable buying again where it is. Okay. We've also noticed that payment stocks keep on getting a slug, Paul. What, what do you think's behind all that? Yeah, that's a really good question, Peter, and it's um, when you say payment stocks, this is an international trend. Um, so that the, yeah, the PayPal has been smashed. Yeah, one of pa PayPal. So has uh, has has what is well what Afterpay became, which is effectively now Block, mm. uh, and a lot of other companies. So they've all the whole sector has derated. Mm. And uh, look, as to why, Peter. I mean, I think we've seen markets go through sector rotations, and you could argue that you know everything was in love with payments twelve months ago, and mm. suddenly the market sort of. Are there too many competitors in the market? 
Well, look, I, I think it's just the market's moved on to other mm. sectors. And so when you can see a bit of selling and a few other things, and it's been accompanied by the latter stages by the, the movement out of tech, just mm. because of the higher interest rates and concern about what's going on in the world, uh, and, the, and the sector's under pressure. So, um, look, you might say it was overvalued. Mm. Uh, it's probably moved from one extreme to the other, and it's happened pretty quickly. Yeah. They are considered as tech stocks, and tech stocks always cop it when your interest rate rise. So there's multiple forces going on there. Do you think some, somewhere down the track there'll be a, a re-re-rating of these stocks? Cause yeah, look, I, I think there will. I think what we consistently see in markets, Peter, is that they've they fall in love with stocks and sectors and yeah. industries. Yeah. And it goes always goes further than you think. And then when they suddenly get out of love again, the out of love is pretty hard. Um, so like, I wouldn't say there's going to be an immediate, re, you know, let's get back in no, love with payments no. companies. But at some stage, that the, um, you know, it'll go through that cycle again. And uh, it's gone from one extreme to, you know, I'd say out of love pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, and it's not, you know, you look at the Australian companies, but they're just caught up in, in the global trend. And, um, you know, so very quick things there. Now, a lot of people, you know, look to, to bond funds to try and get income. And, you know, there's a, a, a listed uh, bond fund called NBI, Newberger Berman. Uh, and, you know, um, it's been recently copying it because, it, it because it's on the market, which is, Talk about what we're seeing there, Paul. Yeah, so it's not the only bond fund, Peter, that's been copying a little bit. And mm. there's a couple of others. From, there's one from KKR, and they've all been hit pretty hardly. Mm. Um, what you've got to remember is, is two things. That, that First of all, when interest rates go up, um, the price of a bond goes down. So mm. the initial first reaction is bad. Mm. And so anyone who owns a bond fund, whether it's one of the uh, index funds or even on a Vanguard yeah, government Vanguard, bond fund, yeah, yeah. those prices are all lower today than they were you know, three months ago. Mm. And the reason for that is that bond rates and corporate and the interest rates and corporate securities have gone up. And because these funds all value their securities on a mark-to-market basis, it means the underlying value of the fund has gone down. Mm. So that's the bad news. Over time, there is some good news though. What it means though is you'll start to get higher a higher yield to maturity. In other words, your interest um, payments will increase because when the, those funds reinvest, mm. They, they'll reinvest in bonds paying higher interest rates. Yeah. And so the inter income flows back to you will increase. Mm. Uh, and so it's a, bit, a time thing, isn't it, it? It's a bit of a time thing, that's right. And then, uh, so that, that so in the long run, your income's gonna increase. Yeah. That's it's gonna be a positive. Uh, and then secondly, as, as you've already started to see, you know, we've seen the US, you know, watch the US 10-year government bond, it's around 2%. In this flight to safety that's occurred over Ukraine, Bond prices have actually bond yields have gone down, prices have gone up, and some of the prices in those bond funds have actually actually improved the last couple of days. Mm. With NBI, look, it's just copying in the sense that um, you know you're seeing a little bit of panic out there, uh, and of course where it's trading on the ASX is not what it's worth. So mm. most of those funds have what they call an NTA, an NTA which mm. stands for Net Tangible Asset Value. That's a real value. Of that's the a real value, and that's not something that's historic. Every single day. The, the portfolio manager is valuing the bonds in that fund at market. If they had to sell them yep. tomorrow. If they yeah. had to sell them to, to, tomorrow, what price would they get? Mm. Whereas trading on the ASX sometimes has no reflection of the NTA. Yeah. And what we're seeing at the moment uh, in terms of MBI and a couple of the others, uh, the one from KKR, is in fact there's a trading below NTA. So there are panic sellers out there for whatever reason. It, arguably, Peter, it creates opportunities for others because yeah. others can buy assets worth a lot more 
and pay a lot less of what they're for. Yeah, okay. So look, I think if you own those funds, I mean, if they weren't listed, you wouldn't know about it, right? Yeah, because, sure. <laughs> you know, if, I would you say... You just get your you, income every year. I would say ignore what is showing on, your, on, your, on the ASX or where it's trading. I would go to the... the what the fund manager every day of the week is putting out an announcement hmm. to say what the NTA is, yeah. and I would be looking at the NTA and using that as my guide. And sometimes you just got to put the market price of things on the ASX to one side and say that's not really the value. Yeah. Um, it's a bit that's like just, a, a bit just like where a, stock. a couple of people are trading at a point in time. Yeah, and it's a bit like a stock. Yeah. Sometimes the market can have a very unusual value, and within weeks or months, it turns totally around based on the real criteria that should underpin a stock price. Okay, that's Paul Rickard of the Switzer Report. And that's the show for Monday. Make sure you tune in on Thursday. And if you want more information about the stocks that we look at here at the Switzer Report, go to switzerreport.com.au. I'm Peter Switzer. Thanks for joining us. See you on Thursday.